Entry Level is on a mission to reskill 1 billion people by 2030. This is an audio series to give you the day in a life and insider insights into the most in demand jobs. Hey everyone, welcome to this audio cast. We're going to be diving into the wonderful world of venture capital analysts uh, with Mason over here who works at Blackbird. You want to say a quick hi to everyone that's listening? Hi everyone, good to be here. <laughs> awesome. Uh, before we kick off with the role, uh, maybe you could just give us a brief overview as to what venture capital is. Sure. So um, the I, let's sort of just break up the two words. Venture is... is um, almost like a, a, a path of risk um, and capital is, is just money. So put those two together and it's, it's um, essentially placing bets on founders who believe that they can change the world. Um, and the, the essence of venture capital is around, um, especially for Blackbird, it's about supercharging the most ambitious founders. Uh, and so our job is purely to um, refine our decision making so that we can that we can uh, find the best founders, um, and if we can find the best founders and attract the best founders who are um, honestly trying to make game changing ideas, uh, then that's good news for us. And we ultimately want to be long term partners with those uh, with those founders um, over ten years. Uh, but perhaps it's a little helpful to give some context. So. Um, the way it works is someone gives us money. We then use that money to find startups. Um, those startups uh, hopefully can grow to $100 million in revenue and maybe they're valued at north of a, of a billion dollars. And we essentially take the money that investors give us and we have ownership in a company. And then with that ownership, um, at some point down the future, uh, we'll essentially get a return on that investment um, and we can then give that money back to the people who trusted us with their money in the first place and hopefully make a return for them. Um, so it's just a type of investing um, that that is really centered around supercharging um, the most ambitious founders. That makes sense. And, and what is, um, I guess, who are the stakeholders in a fund normally or maybe even just in Blackbird? And, uh, you know, what is your role in it as an analyst? Sure. So um, I would say for us, uh, there are two key stakeholders. Um, number one is the founders. Um, and we have an entire team who was called community, but it's now called founder success. And ultimately their job is to uh, create the most, um, hospitable environment for the founders as possible, uh, helping them, it's, it's helping them along their journey. Um, so that, that's one part of the business. The other side, as I sort of mentioned before, is the uh, investors um, behind Blackbird. So we call them limited partners. Um, those limited partners give us money. They can be anywhere. They can be super funds. They can be um, wealthy individuals. Um, and and that's the sort of um, character that might be behind those, uh, that limited partner brand. Um, and of course, having a, an amazing experience for them, um, raising funds, um, updating them on how the portfolio companies are going um, 
And so, so there's, those are the two key stakeholders. Now, what's my role in, in that? So um, on one side, there is how can I be helpful to founders? So the role has changed like in, in prior years, I've been um, a partner in Startmate, um, which is very much a hands-on, how can you be helpful to uh, uh, a founder? Um, whether that's connecting them, whether that's just being a sounding board for problems. Um, the, uh, so that's, that's one element, just that, just that you're there for support. The second one is, um, so the majority of my role is about uh, collecting, analyzing and sharing the knowledge of our portfolio companies and the research that comes with that. So that's sharing that with our portfolio founders. So maybe that's benchmarks on their industry. Maybe that's benchmarks on compensation. Maybe I'm building a cap table for them. Maybe I'm um, helping them build a financial model. Um, all of these things to sort of help our founders with, with whatever they need, especially in regards to data and numbers. Um, and then on the limited partner side, we obviously have to update them on how their, how their portfolio companies are going um, and how those underlying assets are performing. So every six months, we essentially make a report called the semi-annual report. Now that report is uh, um, uh, certainly something that's fun, um, but essentially we need to collect all this data from the founders like you, AJ, and we need to um, put it in one spot. We need to write up on how they're going, maybe highlight maybe the top three things that they've done, how they're progressing, um, collect data points like their valuation, whether they've raised, um, and essentially uh, mop that into a report and then share that with um, the LPs. So those are the, the two um, that are outside, I guess, of, of Blackbird. Of course, there's internal stakeholders. That makes sense. So um, if I was to bucket that up, it's basically helping founders and then helping your LPs. And then in that, it's like, you know, helping from an analyst perspective. So, you know, looking at the data and information and then, you know, compiling it or like analyzing it and then sending it off to the founders to help them out. Uh, that could be financial modeling, that could be industry rewards, et cetera. And on the other side, you have the LP management, which is basically um, tr like transcribing and then translating the information from the founders to the LPs. Um, is, it, is that basically it? You bet. Um, I did also notice that like, you know, you were helping with um, the fundraising process in terms of preparing documents. Do you also uh, do some work on the new investment side at all? Yeah, totally. Um, so they're kind of the key external um, stakeholders that I help. The, like, the way I would usually describe my role is that like, I'm ultimately supporting the partners um, with their investment decisions. And that comes through two forms primarily. Um, we have two types of funds. So there are, there's a core fund, which is designed to invest in the, the very earliest stage companies. Um, and then there is a follow-on fund, which is almost like an opportunity fund, which basically says, um, we're gonna invest in the top performing companies in our core fund. 
those decisions are different. Um, like with you, AJ, it was definitely pre-product. Um, and it was about like in that decision, it was about um, helping Nikki writing the first draft um, for our investment memo, um, collecting legals, that sort of stuff. Um, so helping on the side of due diligence. And then on the other side, um, with the follow-on fund investing, it's these are more, more akin, like usually they're akin to the sort of growth stage investing. So I'm putting together a massive presentation on a company that's raising. Um, it's like 25 slides. Um, I've got a model behind it and I'll be walking through the presentation next week about the key reasons why I think we should invest and what do we need to believe for this company to raise um, at X valuation. Um, so that's the other side. Um, I should also mention there's like this, uh, this portfolio operational element to the role where that's the investment analysis, then there's the portfolio analysis. So how are the funds performing? Um, what are the key metrics? How do we compare to top quartile performers in the US? Um, how can you build tools in Excel or Google Sheets to streamline our processes? Um, so that's another area that's pretty important to the role. Cool. So let me let me try and like sum that up again. So I'm seeing four buckets now, which is uh, you know three of those buckets are essentially supporting various stakeholders in the funds. The first one will be the founders and supporting them. Second one is you know um, taking care of and like you know working with the LPs to provide them information. Third one is working with internal stakeholders, in this case the partners, to support them in investment decisions. Um, doing due diligence and um, you know writing up memos and things like that, and the fourth one is just analyzing the fund and like actually looking at it from a performance perspective. Are those the if I was to break down your job into like the four main parts, is that representative? Yeah, if I, yeah, if I was to sort of summarize it in my own words, it would be to um, a collect, analyze, and share the knowledge of. Uh, our portfolio to A, the partners, um, to support them. And uh, in supporting them, maybe I'm supporting founders as well. So maybe um, we're giving them benchmarks, for example, and then you're helping strengthen that relationship. On the flip side, um, so it's important that the partner is sort of the key stakeholder and how I can be supportive to them. Um, and then, so supportive to them, meaning investment analysis, and then supportive to them in um, in portfolio analysis, as you mentioned, the key fund metrics and stuff like that. Awesome, that makes sense. Um, maybe we can go a little bit more like um, not tangible, but like you know, just can you walk me through your week in terms of like you know how many meetings are you doing? Like what percentage are you just talking to people? What percentage are you just staring at staring at numbers? Um, you know, is it long hours? Like, you know, what, what does a typical week look like? Um, so it changes a lot. Um, as you can tell by the, um, width of my role. Mm -hmm. Uh, so maybe I'll just give you the last week. Um, yeah. so, uh, we have, um, so the week is primarily being driven by an investment decision where I'm presenting a 25 page um, 
slide deck to the to the investment team, um, and that uh, has taken up a huge chunk of my time. Um, another part of uh, the work, as I said, is that the portfolio side. So we created this thing called Portfolio Data Outputs, which every quarter our ops team sort of update all the cash flows, which just means all of the all of the investments um, or exits um, within a given quarter. And then I basically built a model to say um, it just collects all that data and then spits out um, all these all these insights um, and summaries for uh, particular queries that you might have. Um, so for example, at the end of December, how is this fund performing? Um, and then it spits out a range of key metrics for us um, or key companies that we've just invested in. Um, and I've also spent a big chunk of this week basically upgrading that to a new level. So before we couldn't query um, valuation benchmarks. Um, so that's something else that I did this week. Um, so now a partner can go in and say, what is the pre-money valuation for deep tech companies at Series A? And now we have enough companies where you can query that and there's at least 10 results that come back. Um, so that's another part of the role. So it's, it's that, that's like this sort of data crunching data analysis side. Um, and then the other part of the role is very much like investment hat on, um, why sh what do we need to believe to invest in this company? Um, so that's, it's been very much behind spreadsheets and slides this week. Um, we have, I've been in one pitch. Um, so one company's come in. Um, I've had, we have one investment meeting, which lasts about an hour where the, all the partners go through the deal flow. Um, uh, we sort of highlight any key decisions that need to be made. Um, and we also have this new thing called town halls where as a company, we get together and we speak about um, all the key topics that are top of mind. Um, so not too many meetings. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it makes sense. Lots of um, work. Yeah. What are the uh, best parts of the job? What, like what gets you excited in the morning to rock up to work? Well, I think like, um, like for the listeners, especially it's important to listen to you, your own instinct. What I might like might not be what someone else likes. Mm -hmm. What might be the strengths of one person might be the weaknesses of another person. Um, for me, like there's a degree of recency bias to it, but I've I really enjoyed um, analyzing this late, later stage company. Uh, uh, and uh, when I say later stage, later stage is anywhere from like series B onwards. Um, and that's been really fun, but I also love meeting with founders. Um, so that's another element, which I'd love to do more of, but, um, I would say, yeah, that uh, just the, the, the analysis of a company, um, is just, just gives me so much energy. Awesome. And, uh, what are the parts that are not so great that you wish you could automate or like, you know? point off to someone else so if there was a if there was a, a way i could collect data without having to ask for it um and have that automated from their port to our port um that it saved me so much time and stress it wouldn't be funny 
So you're sitting there like manually collecting data for, for some yeah, reason? Yeah, like company sends in cap table, company sends in financial model, company sends in like a Word document that has some of the data points, but not the data points you need. All of the data comes in different shapes and sizes. Um, and it's a massive headache. I think there's no template that you guys send out that people fill in or? No. Yeah, it's all new. Okay. Yeah, we are. We don't, we, we don't want to be that firm that um, sends forms out and templates yeah. out to people. It's a pretty bad experience. And um, since day dot, it's always been about how can we have the best founder experience possible? Um, and templates aren't great for that. Makes sense. Um, yeah, and I think you guys are achieving what you set out to do. Like, <laughs> you guys are the best investors I've ever had, like, in terms of support. Yeah. And, and everything else, so no, it, it definitely resonates. Um, cool. So best parts, best parts. I want to hear more about how you got into the job, and like, did you have a background in like you know, finance or something like that? You know, how did you end up, or how did you stumble into this role? Um, and I guess like, what kind of qualifications do you generally see um, the VC analysts of the community having before jumping into this role? So. Um, maybe I'll start with the second question because it can kind of set me up the first one. Um, the United States is a little bit ahead of Australia with respect to the type of background someone would have in an analyst role. The Australian community is kind of immature from um, the number of analysts it might have versus the number of dollars it deploys. Um, uh, at the moment, there's one analyst at Blackbird. Um, I think there's one at uh, some of the other um, major VCs. So there aren't too many positions available. Uh, so it can be quite competitive. Um, on the flip side, uh, having a unique background um, play can really play to your strengths. Uh, the reason why I mentioned the US is because usually what would happen is um, you would do two years in investment banking experience or maybe a bit more, um, and then you come into a uh, VC analyst or associate type role um, and you are uh, there to um, be an analyst, blah, blah, blah. Um, in Australia, for my background, uh, I was a product data analyst at a company called Zip, uh, also known as Zip Money back in the day. Um, and I was there when they had about 30 people and then left when they had about 170 people. So started in the strategy team there and then made my way to the product team um, uh, as a data analyst. Um, before that, I worked at a company called Stockspot, which was a wealth management robo-advisor. They were another startup. There was about 10 people there. Um, again, I was a data analyst um, and in both of those jobs, like my, the primary part of my role was to understand how users were behaving. Um, so when I applied at the analyst role at Blackbird, there were two areas that they um, wanted you to be strong at. One was financial analysis and one was operational analysis and operational analysis for early stage companies is very much about understanding how users behave. Um, do they like the product? Don't they like the product? Understanding churn, understanding 
um, different metrics that help you understand a, a user's um, engagement. So I did that for, I lived and breathed understanding how people would use products um, in my prior roles, um, which was super helpful for me. I've also tried starting my own company um, to no success whatsoever, but I think having that, um, and this could totally be biased as well, so um, just keep that in mind, but I think having a, like being able to show that you love startups um, is a pretty key signal because so many people, especially now look at VC and it's like, it's, it's like the old sort of private equity or management consulting. It's just like, it seems to be sexy, but I don't actually know whether it is or not. Cause I don't know like, what is this, what is a startup? Um, so like it can attract people for the wrong reasons. Um, so I think having a startup background at least is, is helpful, but having a, having an investment banking background and strong financial modeling skills is a massive advantage, especially coming in as an analyst. So, um, you can't have everything, um, but you can play to your strengths. Uh, and, and those are two different angles that, um, have worked and, uh, uh, um, I guess, yeah, as I said, it can totally work. Makes sense. Um, my last question for you is around the, like less qualifications and more about like, you know, I think you've already sort of touched upon it, like, you know, love for startups and things like that, but like, what kind of traits do you see that are prevalent amongst like the best analysts that you've seen? Like uh, you've, you've seen a particular analyst, you look at them and been like, they're awesome at their job. Like what, what constitutes that? I would say the best analysts are able to um, synthesize a lot of data and highlight with clarity the key areas that are important for their customer. Their customer equals the person reading and using the information to make decisions. Um, so, uh, uh, like in the simplest terms, that's that's how I would explain it. So it's it's just being able to synthesize a lot of information and cutting through all of the noise and breaking down the most important parts that are relevant to add value to the decision or um, question at hand. Um, so that's a process of being able to look for change in data, being able to know what the questions that are being asked of you. So you need to be able to ask really good questions. You need to find ways to go through a lot of information um, at a pretty high um, velocity uh, so that um, you don't waste time in areas that you shouldn't be in um, because it doesn't have the data that you're looking for. Um, you need to be able to like have the tools at your disposal to analyze change. Um, change is important because that's where the insights are. You have like the table stakes of this is what we know to be true, but what's happened since then? Um, did they do what they said they would do? Didn't they? Why not? Because of what? Is that important for the decision? How should you weigh that? Um, so that's, that's another really important part of the role. Um, and as I said before, you're also, so like, if I go back to the job description, it's being able to A, collect the data. So do you have, are you a nice person? Like, can you build a relationship with someone and collect that information? 
Number two is, can you analyze that data, which I just covered? Number three is, can you share that data? So then you need to be able to um, share it in a really clear fashion, whether that's a model. Is it really easy to understand? Is it beautiful? Do you share it with people and you're like, this is artwork or shit, this is a, this is a minefield. Um, and uh, can you be a, a really clear writer um, and convey your message in simple terms? Um, and just share, share, share. I would say that's what the best analysts do. Awesome. Uh, what about some advice to someone who is um, maybe sitting, little Mason, you know, sitting in university, trying to figure Mason. out what they want to do? <laughs> maybe, maybe just slightly little Mason. <laughs> um, and like, you know, what advice would you have for them trying to figure out if they want to? Um, like if they decided that this is something they're interested in, like what are some tangible steps they could take to like get into the field and the role? Hmm. I would say, so just to clarify the question, um, they are interested in this role um, or like more high level, like it's more top of funnel. Um, like they're not sure whether they're interested. Oh, these are people who are interested. They listen to this cast and they're like, this is awesome. Uh, what are some tangible next steps I could take to like maybe start learning more or like uh, start meeting people in the industry or like, you know, how, how can they get their foot in the door essentially? Yeah. Um, so number one, um, I'm a big fan of reflection and, and just being super clear on all the areas. Like if you were to grab a JD, like if you go back in time and the portfolio intelligence analyst role is still open, um, like the blog, you can still check it out. Uh, and if you were to look at that and you were to say for, say, for example, do I have all the skills to get this job? And if the answer is yes, um, great. If the answer is no, then how can you acquire those skills? Um, hashtag entry level. Um, or uh, if you're ready to start meeting people and get your foot in the door, um, everyone is so willing to meet. It's actually unbelievable. Um, it's like, if you're not familiar with the start mate community, you have to be, whether that's, you should meet some founders, you should meet some investors. If you have time, I would, I would probably spend more time meeting founders. Um, if you haven't, like, it really also depends on what's your background. Like if, if you've been in investment banks, um, for the last two years and you're looking for that little bit of edge, speaking to founders and maybe helping them put their fine, like their finance materials together for their next raise could be a massive value add, um, huge value to re your resume and, and help you stick out like a sore thumb to um, potential like hiring partners. Um, so uh, these are sort of ways to just A, sit with clarity on where your strengths and weaknesses are um, and B, um, just, just get out there and, and say hi to people and um, see how you can be helpful. Great, thanks so much for sharing your story, Mason. Except Jay.